just for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus. It has washed me white. Glory to his name. Psalm 66, verse, starting verse 2. Sing the glory of his name. The Bible tells us, sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Hallelujah. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. I love that. I love God's enemies, our enemies, cringe at the sound of his name, Jesus. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Holy, holy, holy are you, God. Holy are you, Lord. Holy, 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 God. Hallelujah. salvation. Thank you for the blood you shed. There is nothing stronger than the power of your love, the power of your blood. Praise you, God. Holy, holy, holy. Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. May your hand be upon this service today, God, and I pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit presses in strong. I pray, God, people will respond to what you have for them today, God. I know it's awesome, and I know it's great. The only thing holding things back is us. Lord, help us, help each one of us to open up our hearts to what you have for us. I pray that we would hear your word, what's spoken today, and apply that in our lives. We thank you for all these great and wonderful things. In Jesus' name, amen. A cry for revival. Uh, week five. We've got one more week next week that's going to take us after that into Modified Youth Sunday. So we've got two weeks left this week and next week to finish this up. And I've appreciated what God's been dropping into me for us in this time. Not just for you guys, but for me as well. And the challenge he's given me. And bringing these challenging words about, you know, we started out where we were at uh, as a church, as a body of believers, just the churches in America as well, and, and where we need to get to have revival break out in this place and in our homes and our communities. So it's challenging. There are some things that, you know, we know deep down that we need to get right with the Lord in order to see him to move. But we'll go back, starting out here to our scripture, Second Chronicles 7.14, if you don't have it memorized by heart. You should pretty be close to that. <laughs> it says, then if my people who will crawl by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Face also meant what last week? Presence. And turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Yes, hallelujah. But turning from our wicked ways. And again, challenging to think about. Most of us in here would say, Rick, I am not wicked. I'm not saying that. But there are things in our lives, sometimes we know of, sometimes we don't know of, but as we search God and let him search our heart, things are revealed in us that can be classified as wicked ways or ways that would be against what God would want, which inhibit what he wants to do. Okay, we're going to bring out some of that this morning. And we've talked about this too, that there's no doubt that you're going to agree with me, most of you would, that there's a lot of wicked things going on in our world today. Okay, if you, if you do doubt this, uh, you might want to watch the news, check your social media feed, watch the agendas and the ideas of our, our godless culture getting pushed onto our kids, and then tell me we're not living in some wicked ways and, and difficult times right now in America. It's all over the place, and the church... We as the church, other churches across the country, have been unable or unwilling to stop it because of our unwillingness to preach repentance from the pulpit, to preach sin from the pulpit and, and repenting towards God and having faith in Jesus. We haven't been discipling. Again, we're going to fix that here and help with that as we should. We haven't been discipling as we should. And, and the consequences for not doing these things or standing up for the gospel of Jesus is what we're seeing in the world today. That's evidence of that. We need revival in our nation. We need revival in Orchardville Church. We need revival in our homes. We need revival in our communities. 
We need it. We need it before the ability to worship freely comes upon us. It's coming. Where it's going to be difficult to gather together in freedom and worship the Lord. And that's really going to separate some people who are in it for the long haul, no matter what comes their way, no matter what persecution comes, or the ones that are just kind of here, taking up space. That's a mean way to put it. And sometimes things fly out and I can't come back in. But I'm telling you, things are going to get separated in that time. And you're going to find out who sold out for Christ and who was just kind of, uh, I'm just going to take the easy way out. You're going to find that out. Uh, there's going to be a time coming where we're going to have to worship in secret. And we're going to have to know that our way of loving the Lord, living by his uh, laws and be obedient to the way he would like to live our lives is going to be counteractive to what the world's going to push on us. And it's no longer going to be something that we're going to be able to do peaceably. We're going to have to just take it by force and do our thing and stand up for the gospel of Jesus. All right. We've been looking here at Second Chronicles 7.14 for our fifth week now. And what, what he lays out for us to happen, that needs to happen if we want to see a fresh revival break out here at Orchardville Church. We talked about how daily we need to humble ourselves. And we talked about humbleness. The opposite of that is pride, where you talk about me, 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 or you do things for yourself instead of to glorify God. Anytime sin is involved, it's because you have not humbled yourself. You've, you've done the opposite and let pride get in the way and said, I want what I want instead of what God wants. Okay, so we have to humble ourselves. We talked about that. We need to be daily praying. We need to talk to God. We need to communicate. We need to keep that relationship strong and keep building it. We need to pray. Any chance we get, we need to pray. And last week we talked about how we need to ask, uh, we need to seek his face or seek his presence and be in, pre in the presence of the Lord. And this morning we're talking about turning from our wicked ways. If we do these things as a church body, if you will do this in your life individually, you will hear from heaven and God will heal your land. That's the scripture. Okay? And this appeal that God makes here in 2 second, Chronicles is not, is not for unbelievers. It's not for the people that are outside the church. This is to the believers. This is to the church. 1 Peter 4.17 says, For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? So only we, not our, our unconverted neighbors, we are the ones that can be the catalyst or the launching point for revival to happen. It's us. Now, as I was reading this and, and studying and thinking about what, to, you know, what God would want me to speak on this situation, he was showing me the, there's a reason why this is laid out the way it is. These four requirements are, are, are listed the way they are for a reason. And there's a reason that turning from our wicked ways is listed last. Because, again, we first have to humble ourselves, and then we have to be able to pause in our crazy lives that we lead and these, this crazy world that we live in long enough to pray. And then we put ourselves, after we do those two things, we put ourselves in a position to seek the presence of God and be with him. After those... We begin to understand, he reveals to us, if I'm, if I'm humbling myself, if I'm praying, I am seeking God's presence, then he starts to show me some things in my life. While I'm in the light of his presence, things get revealed in me, in us. And he starts to show you, this needs to go, that needs to stop. And he lets you know in his presence what you need to turn away from. He lets us know the depths of the sin that we have going on in our lives. So as we get into God's presence and the light of his glory, these things, they start to get exposed and we realize the things that are going on in our lives. Light does that. It exposes things. It, it brings out these dark parts of our hearts and our lives through our thoughts and our actions. And, and I got to thinking about that and I went to Isaiah chapter six, and this is one of my favorite things to read over and over and over again. And it says that that King Uzziah died in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah 6.1. He was transported and Isaiah saw the Lord in heaven. 
So he's having this moment in God's presence. He was granted this small glimpse of God's holy throne room and the train of his robe filled the temple. They've wrote songs about this. And Jehovah himself appears seated with the winged creatures above him and the angels were crying out what? Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. He is in the middle of this vision, of this moment of God's presence. How many want to be there? Okay? So he's in this holy moment. He's in awe. This vision of God being surrounded and overwhelmed by the presence of God and his holiness. And as I think about, I I can't even put that into perspective right now. We like to think about while we're worshiping, we're singing these songs like, this is, this is it. But if you can take yourself there as well, that you're in, you're right there at the Holy of Holies and the angels are singing this out and the presence of God is so strong, what would your reaction be? This is what he says in Isaiah 6, 5. He's in this moment, God's glory, his presence. He says, woe is me. Now, as I think about that, I'm not sure that's the first thing I would think about is, I think I would be, you know, kind of awestruck by everything. But he says, woe is me. For I am, some, some scriptures will say unclean, some translations will say, I am ruined. He knows right in this moment of God's presence, he is not where he should be. Not, not because he was there, but because in his heart, in his life, things were not lining up with the holiness of God that he was experiencing. And he says, woe is me for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When we get into God's presence, just like Isaiah is here, you understand what am I doing with my life? And he's in that moment, and that's the first thing he thinks about is, woe is me. I'm ruined because of this holiness. What I'm experiencing right now sheds light on everything in my life that isn't glorifying him. Woe is me. And as we humble ourselves, as we pray, as we seek his face, as we witness the glory of God in his presence, it awakens an aware, it should awaken an awareness in us that we're unclean. And some of you are still in here saying, it's not me, he ain't talking about me today. I'm talking about all of us. There are things in all of us, in our hearts, in our minds, in our actions, in our thoughts that do not line up with God. And we should be saying the same thing this morning. Woe is me. We need to be aware of the things in our hearts and our lives that are unclean, that are against God. If you go on to Romans 2, 4, this is the New King James, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. When we get this, into this place where we've humbled ourselves, where we pray, where we're seeking his presence, that leads us to the place that says, I need to repent of these things. And mine are different than yours. Yours are different than mine probably. But we get to this moment where we understand, I know God's goodness and because I know his goodness and the presence and his, and his overwhelming, the Holy Spirit that's working in me, I need to know, I, I know now that I need to repent of my ways. And guess what? That needs to happen every day. Every day we fall short. I'm sure if we were honest with ourselves... I'm praying for that kind of breaking in our church as well, that, that people that have been, I'm not going to say dishonest, but you think you've been hiding things from the Lord, I'm praying that all of that breaks free from people in our church. That may be things that your family doesn't even know about. Don't forget that God knows all. And I, I pray that we get to that point of being in his presence so strong, but that, that your only response to that is, God, I surrender and I, I repent. I'm praying that for all of us in here. 
I repent. Take this from me. And if if we were honest with ourselves, I'm, I'm sure it would be quite difficult for all of us in here to make a list of all the wickedness that afflicts us. And Paul tries to to give us a glimpse of this in Galatians 5. If you'll turn there in verses 19 through 21. I'm going to read these slowly as we think about them. Let them marinate a little bit before we get to an altar call in just a few minutes. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. I want you to think about these just for your own life. Don't be judging people around you, thinking about people around you. I want you to just think about your heart right now this morning. It says, now the works, this is New King James, now the works of the flesh are evident. We know what they are. They are adultery. They are fornication. It's happening, okay? Adultery. Fornication. Having sex with someone before you're married. Uncleanness. Lewdness idolatry, anything in your life you're putting ahead of God, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. Think about all these things. Outbursts of wrath, meaning anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And again, you don't hear people, you don't hear pastors too much preach on this stuff. But... It's good for me to see, good for us to see, that sins such as anger, selfishness, and envy, things that we don't think are all that bad, are listed right along big things like adultery, fornication, and sorcery. Being selfish is listed there right along with murder. And we have to think about all the sin and the wickedness that goes along with it and think about all the things that offend God. And not only offend him, but they grieve the Holy Spirit in you. In his church. And I know as, as, as we will open up our hearts and do the things that God's asking us to do in the scripture and repent and, and we think about those things, again, I'm praying for a flood of repentance to wash over our church. to convict us of these things that are in our lives. There's a great number of sins that invade the churchgoers of today. Sometimes the church doesn't look a lot different than the world, and that's an issue. It's a problem. We are to be different. That includes me. That includes you. We have to begin this process of examining our own hearts and turning from the wicked ways that God's light reveals to us. We examine ourselves through his word and his holiness. Psalm 139, 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Now, if you will pray that prayer in a sincere way and not just read through it and glaze over it real quick, you are asking God, which he already does, to search inside of here and know everything that's going on. And sometimes when he does that, we still ignore him and choose our pride and flesh over the spirit of God and what he wants to do in us. Show me the wicked things that I'm doing that violate your commands and offend your Holy Spirit. Show me those things. Light it up in my life. If you guys will go ahead and shut off all the lights, stay in your seats so you don't get hurt. Oh, I forgot about the Christmas lights. This is good, though. Here's how we are before the light of Jesus. And everything's dark. 
We're walking in opposite of what God would want. But when he, when we do these things that we're talking about, if we humble ourselves, if we'll pray, if we'll seek to be in his presence and turn from our wicked ways, you know, the light of, of his presence as we're seeking that are going to make us want to turn from the wicked ways. It's going to actually start shining light on things that need to change in your heart. And, and here's what happens. We ask God to do these things. And he does it. Aaron's seeking him. He's praying. He's being in his presence. And God starts shining stuff on Aaron and letting him know, hey, the, the light of my glory in you right now is revealing things to you that don't line up with my word. It's revealing things to you in your life that are keeping you from walking in everything that I have for you. This light is showing you right now the wicked ways of your heart. It is showing you the things that I need to fix inside of you through the power of my Holy Spirit. It's showing you exactly what needs to be revealed. That's what the light does. It shines in the darkness. Light and dark can't go together. The light of God shining inside of you pushes out the darkness and shows it to you. It reveals it to you. You can turn those back on for now. Please. But it illuminates things. It lets us know if we're in his presence, if we're seeking him, we also have to be willing to let him heal the things that need fixed inside of us. All right, I'm showing you, Rick, in the light of my glory right now that you are seeking my presence. I'm showing you things through my light that are dark in your life right now that need to change. Now, when he does that, I don't even know if all this is going to make sense, but... This is our sin. This is our thing that is keeping us from what God... And we know it. We know it. We know it. We know it. Yet we still choose to ignore him and that light that's trying to shine in our lives. And remember, it can be something little. It doesn't matter. Selfishness. If you've got a problem with that, pride, you've got a problem with that, you're going against God. But let's say this is our thing, our thing that we have an issue with. It's in this box. A lot of times, there's, there's times we'll come and we'll, we'll, we'll bag it up because we know it's garbage, right? We know this stuff's garbage that, that is holding us back from God. He doesn't want it in our lives. And we'll bag it up and maybe we, uh, we know. I mean, it's there. It's not really a problem for me. I've bagged it up. It's over there. But a lot of times in our lives, especially things that are, are habitual for you, you think you left it at the altar. You think you left it with God. But a lot of times, we'll look around. And we'll just dabble back in it again. We've never let it go. We've never let God have that. We've never let go of the darkness that he wants to shine the light on and quit walking in those things. We, don't, we, we go back to it. And we, and we try to keep it hidden from people. We may even walk around with it. But we've never taken out the trash. We've never gotten rid of it. We just stored it somewhere in our house where, uh, you know, like we do stuff. I'll, maybe one day I'll use this again. But you know you're going to. Because you won't get rid of it. When, when really we need to pack it up. God, you show this to me. I've humbled myself. Lord, I've been in the flesh. I've been... I've been prideful. I've wanted things that I wanted because it brings me temporary satisfaction. Lord, I know this. I'm praying. I'm seeking your presence. And this is what your light's showing me that I need to pack this stuff up, get it out of my life, throw it away because it has no use for me in the spirit of God and in, in, in God's kingdom. You don't want this for me. I need to get rid of it, not just store it away so I can go back to it every time I feel down or alone or depressed. I can just jump back into this because it helps me in that moment. No, we need to pack it up and realize God has better and pitch it. Get rid of it. We don't have to go back to that stuff. Just throw it out. Whatever it is in your heart right now. Men, if it's pornography, get rid of it. Three out of four men in the United States look at porn. And I don't know why I'm jumping on this right now. Three out of four. 
It's an addiction. It's a sickness. It's something that needs to go. It's something that's holding you back. Whatever, whatever else it is in your life, it's, if it's pride, if it's envy, if it's jealousy, if it's, I like to stir up trouble, and there are people like that, get rid of it. It's blocking what God has for you. And he's revealing it to you in his presence, and you know it, but you're still holding on to it. And according to the new, we, you know what? Let me put it in perspective for you. We are the dwelling place of God. His Holy Spirit is what was left for us. He resides in us. We are his temple. Take care of your temple. And not just spiritually. I know it means physically. I need to do a better job of that. I've told you guys that. This is the temple of the Lord. We're the dwelling place of God. And there's not room for anything in our lives that's going to contaminate the vessel and work against the spirit that God has in us. The, the light, again, light and dark can't go together. And if we're letting the dark overcome the light, then we are pushing God out of our life and embracing the sin that keeps us from him. To become the true dwelling place of God, each of us, got to, we've got to repent of all the wickedness and always seek to become a daily living sacrifice before the Lord. We have been called... You don't understand, some of us don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit living inside you is stronger than anything you're going to face. We just don't allow him to be. Flesh, spirit, flesh, spirit. But this feels real good right now. But this right here is all, it's all about this. I can overcome this because of the Holy Spirit in me. I just need to let him operate. And I'm praying this morning again that God searches our hearts and reveals to us the things that we are aware or even unaware of. And it's not a one-time thing of repentance and, and turning from our wicked ways. It's a lifestyle of seeking God and him searching us every day. It's a lifetime of, of daily surrender. I lay my life down today, Father. Every single day I lay it down before you. You have your way in me. You help me do what you've called me to do. I don't want anything that the world offers me. It's a daily thing. It's a lifetime of sacrifice. We need to open up our hearts and let God repair them this morning. We need to pursue him with a passion. We need to pursue his holiness if we want to see the floodgates of heaven open up and revival to come into our lives. It's okay. Go ahead, Amanda. And I want to tell you something else as I'm wrapping up, praise team. If this was easy, everyone would do it. It is a daily struggle between the flesh and your spirit. But we have to turn away from the wicked ways, the wicked things. We've got to turn from those. I'm, I promise you, Jackson, my mom, your loved ones, your friends that have gone on that were believers, it's worth it all. It's worth it all. I'm going to tell you a little story real quick. You know how teenage boys are. Jackson turned 17 when he went in the hospital. Forgive me, son. We checked his iPad and his phone for bad things. <laughs> because he's a 17-year-old boy. You guys know how you are. You guys know how you were. Don't be laughing at the teens. You may still be that way right now. If I took your phone out and checked it. Well, we looked at his phone. We looked at his iPad. We looked for anything... That would, ah, oh, okay. You know what we found? I'm going to brag on my boy a little bit. We didn't find anything. No bad searches, no nothing. And again, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the holiness of God was what Jackson wanted to be about. He wasn't the most vocal kid. I can't sit here honestly and tell you at age 17 I had that same thing as what he did. I didn't. I didn't. It's all going to be worth it. It's all worth it. If we get to experience revival, it means righteousness for us. It means peace for us. It means joy for us in the Holy Spirit. It means seeing your family members born again that aren't saved right now. 
That's what, that was, that's what staying in, in the flow of God's spirit and seeing revival break out is going to mean for us here. It means miracles, signs, and wonders. It means salvation. It means throwing your hands up in worship when you need healing and God hitting your stomach and letting you know I healed it. That's what it means when we live in it. And we turn from our wicked ways and we don't let things block what God wants to do. It means we're, we're, we'll be living a life of, a, of influence on those around us. I want us to live in this, this, again, this river of revival and drink from it every single day. And you know what revival is also? It's contagious. I'm sure Tiffany's telling people about what God did in her life. It's contagious when God's moving on you and you get yourself to a place where you're humbled, you're praying, you're seeking his presence on a daily basis and you're turning from things that are opposite of God. It's contagious. Your life is contagious and it shows to people. It shines God's light and it spreads like wildfire. Can't wait for that to happen in here. People that don't even know the Lord are just going to weep in his presence and know that God's moving. God's in this place. If you'll stand this morning. So I give this altar call today. I want to tell you, I want you to think about, go ahead and close your eyes. I don't want anybody looking at anybody else. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse as we're talking about our faith and the flesh and the spirit. There's nothing worse than living a life in continual sin. And if you don't repent of that sin right now, if you don't repent of what God's revealing, even right now in this moment in your heart, if you will not repent of those things and you choose to continually daily walk in the flesh side of things and choose what you would have instead of what God would have, to me, and, and this, is, this is what God's dumping into me, to me, that's a sign that you're not sincere in your walk with him. Because you get to a point, you get to a place like Isaiah where you, where you say, woe is me, I am unclean, woe is me. And I need to repent because somewhere along the way I got off track and the light of God's glory has been trying to shine in me, but I'm holding on to some stuff that needs to go. So this morning, as we open up the altars, as we sing, as we pray, if you don't want to come up, I I encourage you to pray right where you're at. There's things to always be praying for. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and, and pray those things. But we're going to open up the altars. And I pray right now that as you say, search my heart, God. Anything at all, those things that I read in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, any of those things resonated in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, you need to lay them down today. You need to throw them out and get rid of them. You don't want to hold God back from what he wants to do. You want to interfere with what he's trying to do in your life. We open up the altars at this time for salvation as well. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, he loves you. He died on the cross for you. He wants to give you a fresh start this morning. He wants to take every sin, every, every hurt, every pain, everything you've been through in life, saying, I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm worthy. He says, you're worthy. And I died for you. I died for all of you. And you're forgiven. You can have a fresh start this morning in me. You can repent of all those things and turn away from those And I'm going to shower my love into your heart. And I'm going to show you, you are a new creation in me. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, please come forward. If you have things in your heart that you need to turn from, turn from those wicked ways, repent this morning, please do that. Don't block what God wants to do. You need healing. The altars are open for that. I just ask right now for you guys to press in for a little bit and see what God has. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
amen, 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 amen. Oh, God is good. God is good, and he's great, and he does great things. I don't want us to pray anymore like we don't have, we don't believe what God can do. I don't want us to just go through the motions. We anoint people with oil and we pray over them. We are believing without a doubt that God wants to move in people's hearts and in their lives and bring healing to people. We're going to walk in that confidence. We're going to walk just as the early church did and believe that as they laid hands on people, they saw them healed. As they brought the word, they saw people come to Jesus. We're going to walk in that. That same power of that early church is the same power that we can walk in tonight. Today is Orchardville Church. He's still the same. He's still the same. As we pray, as we, as we humble ourselves and say, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. I don't want to be selfish, God. I want to humble myself. I want to pray. I want to be in your presence. And Lord, whatever you reveal, take it from me because it's not of you. And Lord, I want to bring, I want to see revival. And I want to see it start with me. It starts with all of us individually and then spread into our church. Praise you, God, for that. We want to see it. We're crying out for it. And we'll be wrapping this up next week as we talk about it. And I am believing, Orchardville, I'm believing for great things here. I'm believing and I'm, I'm believing that you guys are going to go out collectively as people and you're going to evangelize to people in your circle. And you're going to see people come in that you've been praying for because God's opening up the door for you to minister to them. And you're going to walk in boldness and do it. And they're going to see God do things. They're going to see, I'm, this is what I'm praying for me right now. I want words of knowledge for people when I see them in Walmart. Because what better way for me to meet a complete stranger than to spill all their business to them? Because the Holy Spirit showed me what they're dealing with. That'd make me a believer. And God does that. The Holy Spirit works that way in us. He still does that. So I'm praying for a boldness in you guys, a loving boldness. (laughs) Don't get me confused with anything else. A loving boldness that you guys are sharing with people around you. And we're going to see an influx of people in this place seeking God everything they have. Amen? You are not dismissed. You are sent. Bring some people back with you.